Welcome to Price Plow. In June of 2020, Ben and Heather hunted down the elusive Ben Hartman of Morphogen Nutrition, and they discussed their background, the insane formulations he's put together, and some other stuff like the lack of studies between interactions between ingredients. They also get into the future of Morphogen Nutrition, and if you've never heard of this brand, you have to check out their formulas because they are loaded. Enjoy this one. I remember in 2017 was our first, our first year that we turned it over into something that I go, okay, there might actually be a potential to make some actual profit someday. We had some other companies take a note of what we were doing. I had my, my friends say he was going to copy Volugen and all these things. And I said, okay. And I literally put another three to five or $6 into every single SKU that we made. And then they go, bro, what the fuck are you doing? You're already on the way up. Why are you at, you should be scaling down on your cost to make a higher margin now that everybody's buying it. I said, yeah. I can make another dollar a unit or two bucks a unit, right? And, and sell a thousand SKUs, you know, of this, whatever. And, you know, that's an extra $2,000. I said, or I can put two bucks more into it and sell 3,000 units next year. Welcome to Price Plow. All right, Ben, here we are. Uh, welcome to the Price Plow podcast. Super excited to have Ben from Morphe Engine here. Uh, we have Heather alongside our digital content manager. And of course, I'm Ben from Price Plow. So thanks so much for joining us, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, you're, I mean, I talk about you a little bit on Instagram and stuff. We, we do interact some and I, I've highlighted the stuff that you've done, but I don't know how many of our subscribers are going to know you intimately. So I figured the way we could start off is talk a little bit about your background. Yeah. Uh, how you got into all of this. Let's see, where the hell do I begin? Uh, formally, I, uh, I have an uh, exercise physiology bachelor's degree. Um, I have a master's degree in nutrition science. I specialized in uh, sports performance, sports nutrition, supplementation, all that kind of stuff through grad school. Um, I've been in the industry in some capacity, whether that be training, coaching, uh, facility management, um, all kinds of stuff. And for a number of years, I competed as a bodybuilder and I used to be sponsored by a pretty major company. And we're talking, I mean, shit, this is probably 15 years ago, at least now. Um, yeah, probably like 15 years ago before there were I, shit, before there was Instagram, you know, before there were affiliate codes and before there was all this stuff. So they signed um, a small group of maybe a dozen or so people throughout the country that had good online rapport actually on the, like the message boards. Remember the message sure. boards, you know, yeah. way back in the day for everyone under age <laughs> 25, they don't know what this was, but back in the day it was the message boards and I had uh, developed really good relationships with a lot of influential people in the industry, made a lot of good connections. Uh, built somewhat of a name for myself as being a, a source of no bullshit information. I was reasonably good as a competitor, uh, especially as a, as a natural bodybuilder, you know, as a drug-free bodybuilder. So I relied heavily on nutritional science, supplements, all that kind of stuff. And uh, basically it was a combination of two things. So with this other company, they came out with a product and it's still to this day, one of their leading products. And it was a proprietary blend full of junk. And it, it was very much for me a conflict of interest where I'm like, all right, here, here I'm known as this science guy, this evidence-based guy, and they're, they're shilling this product out and I don't believe in it. And I don't want to be forced to promote this, you know, for a small check and, you know, monthly stipend of product. And, uh, you know, at the time there wasn't a lot of fully disclosed labels. There wasn't any full serving You know, everything was like mini scoop pre-workouts and you needed like three scoops of this and two scoops of this extra ingredient and an extra capsule of this. And I go, man, why doesn't anybody just make a product with like everything you need in one scoop, you know, like one scoop, one, you know, one hit and be done. Um, at the same time, right around the same time, uh, I realized in my career and, and my wife and her career that we were pretty much stagnant where we lived and we weren't going to move up the chain at all. So it was, it was 
a, a pretty bad realization at the time that we're like, all right, in the next five years, we want to start a family. We're fucked. Can I, can I say that? Yeah, I, yeah we're, okay. we're fuck pretty it. uncensored. All right, good. Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, basically, we're fucked. Um, we're never going to make any more money. We have this mortgage. We have minimal money in savings. Uh, someday when I get childcare, I'm going to have to pay half of that out to childcare, you know, half of my salary. I'd rather just work from home and do something. And I was fed up with that and fed up with the supplement company bullshit. And I had, you know, some connections here and there. And I came home one day to my wife and I go, hey, listen, I'm going to start a supplement company. And at that time, I, I had a record of a number of years of, you know, I'm an idea guy. I'm a dreamer. Um, we often joke that I'm the rocket ship and she's an anchor. <laughs> she's very much our foundation and our stability. But the problem is, is back in the day, I didn't have a lot of follow through with these sorts of things. And I was really bad with money management. Um, and task management and time management and all kinds of things. And that was the first time that she looked at me and she's like, you know what, do it, go for it. I said, by the way, I need all of our savings to do this too. Uh, so I reached out to some manufacturers and uh, some store owners and I kind of linked some information together and we came up with our first product, bought a minimum run, drained our savings down to like $10. And for a few years, didn't even pay ourselves back the initial investment to even put that money back in our savings. So we took a, we took a pretty big gamble. And the goal originally was to do two things. It was one, it was to make product that I could fully believe in that was something a little bit different than what was out there that would fulfill these these needs that I felt uh, were important as a competitor and as a science-minded person. But it was also a means for me to potentially someday contribute financially uh, to where my, my wife had always made more money. Uh, she's always been very successful in her career. And, uh, you know, I was like, if I can work from home and provide childcare and we're not paying for that and then give you a little bit of cash, you know, to pay some of the bills, we'll be good to go. Um, I'm not a marketing guy. I'm not a business guy. Uh, I don't care about any of that shit. And, I always believe from day one that if you make something truly great, like truly on, on paper great, effectiveness great, that if I, if I tell 100 people, one of them is gonna value it no matter how big our name is. They're gonna value it for what it is, for what it stands for, uh, because of the evidence laid before them, because they're logical thinkers and they're not swayed by emotionally driven decision-making, which is very common you know, within the marketing world. And I'm not saying anything against that, that's just not how I personally react to things. So I go, okay. If 1% of these people can think the way that I think, you know, uniquely about this, they're going to do it. And then they're going to rave about it to 100 people. And then one of those people will do it. And it's just going to start carrying on from there. And uh, it's been almost exactly nine years since we officially formed the company. It's been, we'll say about eight and a half years since we actually had product in hand to, you know, to provide to people. And man, it's been a hell of a fucking ride this whole time. We, um, we've grown exponentially every single year over the previous year consistently for the entire eight and a half years we've had product without, I mean, we just made our, our brand specific Instagram page a few months ago and we're barely using it. Um, I've never looked at any targeted analytic data. I've never done SEO. I've never done Google analytics. I've never looked at any of that stuff. And it's not to say that we won't do it or shouldn't do it eventually, but because things were scaling so fast from day one, uh, because of what the products were and because of, you know, kind of what we stood for as a brand, things just took off from there. And so in the last uh, year, especially with, with social media becoming an even bigger thing and everybody having bigger platforms um, and networking, combined with a much more informed consumer becoming more of a commonplace in the industry, whereas, you know, the whole, the whole facet of the industry that's these young um, uneducated kids who are easily swayed by somebody at a, you know, a vitamin shop or a GNC to buy a mid-range dollar type of product. 
totally cool. That's not my thing. But the thing that I'm in is has been growing. And because we've been doing it for so long, we have all, all of a sudden it's like, where did this company come from? They've been doing this shit for years. They have this, this name and this reputation for this, but nobody knows who they are. Well, that's because we don't market this because we pushed as much as we could given the amount of growth that we've had, that we've had. So. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that just, I, it's funny, you have a very professional, like, like forwarding, uh, facing like message, but as a person too, you're also like, you have this like, don't give a fuck type attitude. Like, like overall, it's just like, you put out the greatest product. Man, and I can speak to yeah. that. So it, it's funny you say that. So I'm very, I'm very well known, not just in this industry, but in, in a number of circles as I, I always joke that I'm an asshole, not a dickhead. Okay. So assholes are a little bit funny. They always tell you kind of what you need to hear or what the, the truth is that people don't want to you know, relate to. Dickheads are malicious and they say things that are hurtful to try to tear you down. So I'm not a dickhead. I'm an asshole. But my whole life, even before this industry, I've always lived by uh, this, this philosophy of truth. And I, I mean that in the sense of not just being truthful with other people, but looking internally and being truthful with yourself to live on a truthful path. So, you know, I always, from a very young age, I remember thinking, you know, I don't want to go along with this social norm or follow this template of how life should be and hide that information from myself and hide that truth from myself and then end up somewhere many years later and be like, how the fuck did I end up in this job? How the fuck did I end up in this relationship? How the fuck am I doing any of this? And I recognize it from a very young age and I've always kind of lived by that and it's carried over into the brand. Yeah, it, I mean, it's very evident. Like, I, I love the way that you guys just got you just drop products and, and like you're saying you don't do a lot of marketing like there's no hype train there's not really a lot going on it's like oh like it's available like the, the newest pump product that you're talking about i think the the biggest marketing you have going for you is probably justin from supplements too because i mean yeah, i mean the, the instagram the fact that instagram has stories and can re-tag mm. and swipe up features has been huge for us yeah uh, i still don't know exactly what percentage of that affects our actual sales i've never looked I assume it's high, 80% maybe come from, from Instagram traffic. Uh, I should probably know that eventually, but I'm, I'm absolutely well aware that that's a, a huge proponent of that. People like Justin, other people that have spoken, uh, not even, I don't even want to say positively about us. It's just spoken about the way that we, the way that we do things and the way that I think about these things. Some people are going to align with that and some are not. And the people that aren't, aren't saying that they're doing something wrong and I'm doing something good and right. I don't think it's a right and wrong or a good and bad situation. It's just, there's a, there's a small little sliver of the pie that I fit in and I'm well aware of this sliver and I'm not trying to get to the rest of the pie and the pie is big enough for everybody. And yeah, I just, I just stay in my lane. So. I think one of the things I've learned, I learn every year, it just becomes more and more evident is that like, as someone who provides education, even if, it, if it's you, if it's me, whoever it is in the industry that provides education, there can't be a, a positive or negative attached to it. It's just you present the information and people will digest it and decide what they're going to do with it. Because I can tell you all day that morphogen is going to be the best thing you can take, but your mainstream consumer might not appreciate it. And they might do just as well taking something that might be in a little bit of a lower bracket. Yeah. Uh, I think morphogen is absolutely made for the, the athlete that really needs the best. And not everyone's going to appreciate that. Appreciate that. And I, I've come to understand, like, I, I spent four years at Nutribio, and I spent so much time, like, this is the best, this is the best, this is the best. And I, I eventually realized, like, some people just don't care. And that's okay. No. Some people to need to be turned, even if the message that you're delivering is, has genuine intent and, and elements of factual information, there's always going to be people that just don't give a shit. 
and right. it doesn't align with the way that they think about things. And again, it's not to say good or bad about how people think about things or the, the choices that they've made, but I've, I've been very upfront with people for a number of years, both you know behind the scenes and publicly on social media, that our brand is definitely not for everybody. Um, I'm well aware of that. I, it's funny because you know as we've expanded the line and had so many offerings, even our our you know dedicated customers that have been with us forever, they're like, dude, you have so many things. I, nobody needs all that stuff. I'm like, I never I never said anybody needed all this stuff. Like, I don't want you to buy everything. I firmly believe that everybody can benefit from like three things, and your three things are different than her three things are different than my three things, and that's cool. Um, and now that we have so many offerings, we can fulfill you know sort of those those needs. But again, like you said, some people don't need you know, the, the Maserati. Some people are cool with their Corolla. Some people just need a truck. Some people need something else. And I've kind of always looked at it like, if you want a, the highest performance thing, and if you have a couple extra bucks, why wouldn't you put slightly better tires on your car? Is it going to matter? Maybe, yeah. maybe. And if you're willing to do that, and if that's how you, you know, align with your thought processes, then that's the path that you should go. Um, so I'm not trying to compete on a, on a level of distribution with mid-range or even high-tiered, you know, distribution type products. There's a number of awesome brands out there. And I've spoken very publicly about, a, you know, a few of them that I'm uh, very respectful of. And I know the owners and I love the way that they do things. And I, and I love seeing some of these brands, you know, and I can look at a label and be like, you know, that looks like Chris did that at Inspired. And that mm -hmm. looks like Doug did that at Core. You know, and I like being able to do that because I, I appreciate what they're doing and what they're bringing to the industry. The way that I'm doing things, I think, uh, represents kind of me as a person, and it fits into an even smaller sliver, like I said, in that pie than, you know, some of these other companies do, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it, we've also had like, a resurgence, like we had, we had a growth over the last couple of years of fully dosed products, where everything's at the full clinical dosage, and now there's this other side of the spectrum coming in with, with equally educated people saying that it doesn't have to be the clinical dosaging, because there's sometimes there's not, like, for instance, a study came out last year showing that eight grams of citrulline malate and 1.5 grams of nitrogen are equal, but they didn't bother to study what happens if you take them together. Yeah. And sometimes, you, I mean, I guess maybe the only criticism that you could ever give morphogen is that like some of these formulas are so stacked. That you, we really don't know the science of what happens when you put most of this stuff. Correct. Together. And, and I'm well aware of that. I mean, there's no research other, I mean, there's a little bit of research on, you know, caffeine and theanine or caffeine theanine and tyrosine cool super cool you put a product with 10 to 20 ingredients in it you'll never ever ever have any data or literature on that ever it's never going to happen and so what you can best do is kind of hedge your bet towards the dosing what the research says and then trial and error of putting it together and seeing what fits it and i i can appreciate companies that do that and come to the conclusion that maybe those dosages don't make sense and they can toggle back a little bit yeah. Um, the problem is, though, is that you see too many people that fall back on that and they go, well, you know, there's a synergy involved, so you don't need the high dosages of all these ingredients. I'm like, of every single ingredient? Yeah. That's some <laughs> goddamn magical, you know, synergy right there. Wow, 20 ingredients magically all work together at the exact same time that they all can be half dosed and double the price. That's amazing. That's yeah. not how it works. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm cool with, you know, a little bit of variance here, but there's got to be some sort of guideline as to why the dosages are picked um one thing that drives me fucking nuts drives me nuts is let's say you have an ingredient that is clinically dosed at one to two grams okay and you'll have a company that puts 678 milligrams what the fuck is where the fuck did they get that number from 
They made it up. They made it up and it means, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, and you could argue, well, you know, trial and error, and we figured this was the best dose. That is an arbitrary number that makes absolutely no sense, and it doesn't fit into the clinical spectrum. And then when you look at the clinical spectrum, you have the companies that put the one gram of all the ingredients, clinically you know, effective dosages, but nobody, but that's at the very bottom level of all that stuff. So nobody could, like a pre-workout, for example, nobody could half dose that for tolerance sake, for stimulants and get any majorly efficacious benefits out of the, you know, the clinical dosing because now they're cutting the bottom end of those dosages in half. So it's yeah. like you put the two grams in there and you cut it in half, you're still getting the one gram. And that's kind of the philosophy that we've always taken with things is when you see those ranges, we've tried to go as you know, high up on that end as possible to kind of hedge our bet. Uh, again, assuming that there's no um, like deleterious effects with those dosages being together. I'm not stupid no, enough to 20 people together, you know? That's, um, that's something I run into all the time because I'm not like a big stim person. Like I, I like the focus ingredients, the pump ingredients, but for me, anything over like, you know, I'm a smaller person, anything over 200 milligrams, I don't need any more caffeine than that. Um, for me, actually under 150 is perfect, but what pre there's very little pre-workouts on the market. You're going to find with those efficacious doses of the other ingredients like you just said. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I can stack this with a pump product or something like that. But I'm always, um, I just, I'm always trying to find that balance and just like, that's why, you know, when I, when I looked at your formulas, which full disclosure, I've never tried your products. But when I see your formulas, I'm just like, like I was talking to Ben, I was like, wow, these are just so stacked. And I've heard, I heard of you from Dustin um, over at Supplement Snoop, and he was just talking about you on the podcast. And then I looked more into you and all that stuff. And I was like, man, this guy's been around for a while. Why haven't, why haven't I heard of him? Like, because it's not like I'm new to the supplement industry at all. I've been, you know, I seem to know every brand. But now that I finally found, like, it seems like Justin always points out, like, the, the people that some people don't always know about in the industry. So, um, but I'm just yeah, kind of, we've always fallen back on that aspect where I, I said in the beginning, it's like the people that value the way that we do things and trust the brand and uh, adhere to the logical evidence-based, you know, formulations and, and practices that we do. It doesn't matter what the name of the company is or who represents the company. If, if all those pieces fall together, then that's the decision that they make. M most people are not going to go with a brand that they've never, ever, ever heard of. Um, no matter how much evidence you give them. And that's kind of always the thing that we were afraid of in the beginning. And that's why we're very fortunate that we have grown, but we also got into the space not to make a ton of money, not with crazy overhead, not with a huge staff, not with, you know, a million dollars in capital investment or investor, you know, investment partners. We didn't do any of those things. So as we slowly got, you know, more of that notoriety and more recognition, we were able to put a little bit more into the company and just slowly toggle it back in. Most companies are not willing to play the long game in that respect and, uh, and kind of earn their way in to having a spot in the industry that people recognize them and respect what they're doing. It's, and, and that's not to say that people jumping in fast can't be respected and do good things. They certainly can, but there's a, you know, there's a gamble there. Um, million dollars in capital and five full-time staff members in a giant building and all this, you know, stuff. And you throw your way into the industry and it could take, and it could not. And you, that's that gamble. And I was never willing to take that gamble, nor did I have that sort of money anyways. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's brought us to this point. So, uh, this is mostly last year. We saw a surgence of, uh, vasodrive in the industry. And it's actually funny. I got most of my information either from you directly or through other people that you were communicating with, uh, talking about the dosaging, the actual clinical dosaging of, of Vasodrive, which actually I found super interesting because I saw tons of people using it, but 
you were the only person I ever saw at the actual clinical dosage of it. Um, how long have you been playing with VasoDrive? Was that something that, because it seemed like you knew it before a lot of other people did. Yeah. Um, so when it first got a little bit of traction in the industry uh, on a very, very minor level, I was aware that um, of some other brands that were selling single, you know, like commodity type stuff on Amazon yeah. for blood pressure control. And, you know, at the 508 milligram dose and those bottles were, you know, 16 bucks a bottle for 30 day supply, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. And I think at the time there might've been only like one other supplement company that was even looking at it at all. One of those companies that at least as far as I was aware was Granite and that's John Meadows. Mm -hmm. John is a very good friend of mine. He lives in Columbus. We train together every now and then. Uh, we know each other's families. I mean, he's, he's a great dude. Uh, I love everything he does. I love his branding. I love, you know, the way that he approaches things and the way that they did it initially was they had, you know, their, their two products and they put the 254 in two products. Cause that's what the patent holders of that ingredient said, Hey, you either got to use the 508 in one or the 254 in two. And you can claim not the vasodrive, but you can claim the amyl peptides, uh, part of the licensing on there. Right. And, uh, that made a lot of sense for John's stuff to put those things together, which also kept, you know, maybe a couple bucks off of each respective SKU. So from a distribution standpoint, they could get it into distribution and do these things. And I looked at, at that and I said, well, you know, Alphagen was already out and it was very strong and I wanted to create Volugen. And I said, how do, how do we do this that makes it so special on its own and still stackable with Alphagen? But, uh, you know, it's like a puzzle putting all these pieces together. And I reach out to that, that company and they basically explain to me how things work. I haven't talked to them in a while. Um, I'm sure things are different now. You know, they're, you're seeing the VasoDrive license out for companies that are using hundred milligrams now. Yeah. And, and from a business perspective for their, you know, from their standpoint, I assume that that's a good decision because to break into the sports nutrition market as a VasoDrive, you know, that's a cool name. It's a great name. Uh, we can sell it to a thousand companies at, who are willing to do a hundred or 127 or 150 milligrams of this and, and have it be more prolific across the industry. When we started first started doing it, you know, uh, well, whatever it was three or four years ago, I was like, well, that's again, not how I work. I'm going to put the whole dose in there. Uh, oh, that costs, you know, whatever, $8 for that one ingredient in a bottle. And then you have all the rest of the ingredients. Well, this is going to be the most expensive product we've ever made. And I went, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and, I, and I talked to, uh, the, the year that we released that, we were at a bodybuilding show and I saw the owner of another company that I really respect. And he came over and he's like, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, you could have made this into two products and sold two products. I said, yeah, but those two products will get lost in a sea of similar two products. And now this one's getting everyone's attention. Yeah. And again, it was a combination of me always, always kind of putting, you know, a full ass forward instead of half-assing something. And also wanting to get something out there that got us recognized. And as people started to catch on and as some other smaller brands started to catch on, uh, Another friend of mine who formulates for another small company, he reached out to me. He goes, hey, just to let you know, I'm going to try to copy Volugen. I No hard feelings. I'm going to try to copy it. I said, cool, go ahead. I'm going to put two new ingredients in there. So fuck you, you know? And, and it's like a friendly thing. And I said, yeah. because I'm not worried about the distribution and because that wasn't a huge margin, uh, margin driving product anyways, I was able to go, okay, they, you know, people are starting to compare them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw something else. And I threw... Uh, Bezos six in there. And I've developed a uh, good relationship with Matt over there and the guys at yeah. Solutions. And 
Uh, it's a great ingredient. I like the way that it, it, you know, has a different role in things than the other ingredients in the formula. Is it a little over the top? Of course, I'm, at, I'm well aware it's over the top. That doesn't mean that I raise the price to you guys though, because within a small margin, all of our stuff mostly costs around the same amount. And then we charge the same amount going to the consumer, which I think is another thing that a lot of companies don't do. Right. You see a $50 product and you see a $30 product. And again, me, the way that I, the way that I'm a consumer, the way that I look at things, that's the only way that I can think of how to run my company is I look at these companies and I say, okay, here's a $50 product and here's a 30. Either that 51 is overpriced or the $30 one isn't good enough to match the $50 one. Again, that's how my, my perception is. And I go, I don't want any one product to misrepresent the brand as a whole because it's the cheap one and then this is the good one. I go, so what can I do to these other ones to make them so much better that they cost close to the same and then sell everything for the same price? And that way every single product represents the brand individually by itself and isn't like the dud of the line. You know, like I didn't want to have five great products and two mediocre products just to fucking do them. That's not, not how I roll. Do you ever have anyone complain that their blood pressure gets too low on that product? Cause that's, that's <laughs> uh, kind of always been my concern with Vasodrive yeah. with the full 508. Yeah. Cause I see some people putting it alongside nitrates and uh, it's been a while since I've looked at Vasodrive, but the majority of the data is on blood pressure, not yes. vasodilation, yeah. right? Yeah, so I mean, all the original stuff with when it before it was even vasodrive and it was just Emil peptides from the, the you know the company overseas. It was all blood pressure related stuff. It was all you know relaxation of the vessels and uh, ACE inhibition and that kind of stuff. Um, if you stack it with a bunch of other stuff, could that happen? Yes. I'm not telling anybody to do that. Even when they, <laughs> you know, so like if you stack it with alphagen, alphagen also has a strong dose of citrulline in there, but it's not a pump loaded pre-workout and there's no nitrates in it and there's no competing stuff. So we did just come out with Morpha pump, which is a totally uh, different type of pump based product, not specifically designed for pre-workout. And on that label, it says, do not take a full dose of this with another pump based type of product, specifically yeah. something like collagen, because somebody might pass out. I mean, they might, and I don't want that to happen. Makes sense. I like it. Um, I think that's always been my kind of question on Vasodrive, which is why I wanted to ask you about it. Because when I saw that so much of the the data was around blood pressure, it kind of asked the question like, like for instance, like I take I take blood pressure meds, it runs my family. So, but when I take lisinopril, it doesn't give me a pump. It relaxes my my ACE, my blood vessels, so it just yeah. lowers blood pressure. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get a pump from it. So I was always kind of interested in does Vasodrive really actually cause a pump? Do anything. I think, it's, I think it acts more along the lines of a permissive effect um, and, and less of a direct adding blood flow, increasing that, you know, vasodilation, it's, it's not to do with that. But I'm, again, I, I'm looking at this from a, a spectrum of what can this product do, right? right. If, if I see a function that needs to be filled or could be filled within a specific product category, I feel like it's my responsibility to fill that function. You know, if you have five reasons to take a pre-workout, fill all five, don't fill four of the five. And if you can think sure. of a sixth, then fill that sixth. And so maintaining healthy blo uh, blood pressure levels is something that I think is a beneficial kind of byproduct of potentially using Volugen. Some people use it half scoop twice a day Yeah. for that reason. Um, a lot of people combine it with a stimulant-based product like Alphagen or some other high-stim pre-workout. You know, you're gonna have you know competing uh, blood pressure raising and lowering effects there. 
And I don't think it's a harmful thing to have that in, especially when you're mixing it with something like that. Should you go take a bunch of nitrates at the same time? No, but I'm also not selling the nitrates to do that, so. Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, a fan of nitrates? That's a pretty polarizing, because you use Vaso 6, so that you, you kind of have to pick a family yes. here. Um, so here's the, here's the thing. Uh, I've used a, a bunch of them. I've used standalone. I've used them in conjunction with some of our products. I've had a bunch of stuff tested. Um, we were in early talks of some licensing rights with the, the nitrate guys. Um, there's, you know, when you, anytime you look at an ingredient or any sort of partnership, there's a pros and cons there. Right. And uh, whether that's effectiveness ingredient or supply chain or price or, um, you know, licensing requirements, all these sorts of things. And at the end of the day, we just felt like, uh, our product was strong and there was no reason to add that into that. We already had Morpha Pump in early development using different pathways than the nitrate nitrate pathway. Um, and it just, we just felt like it wasn't necessary. Uh, yeah. I, again, I've used a bunch. I'm, I think they're good. I, they're certainly good. Um, you can pass out, you, you know, your blood pressure can get screwed up from that. Uh, I've, I've noticed in myself and a lot of people that I've talked to some, you know, mild headaches some like frontal lobe headaches, similar to how you get, uh, from like a Viagra or a Cialis or something. Yeah. Uh, anecdotally, not that I've, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, um, and because there are some other compounds coming out of the market that are nitrate rich, you know, specific extracts. I'm not talking like shitty beetroot. I'm talking like some of the red spinach extracts and some right. of these things. I would be certainly more curious to play around with these other things moving forward, but I don't think that the inclusion of nitrates into a product automatically makes it a strong product. I do think that they're good. I do think that they have application for it. If it were me, um, I think I'd rather take it as a standalone as more of a commodity product and be able to toggle the dose and combine it with something else because we know that those are going to cause some potentially negative interactions with a ton of other ingredients, whereas all these other ingredients typically don't fuck each other up. You know what I mean? Right. Like add this guy in a little bit at a time, find your sweet spot here with what you exactly want to do. Um, the other thing that I have a, a little bit of an issue with the nitrates is the standardization of each specific compound where people go, oh, there's nitrates. Is it sodium nitrate, which is, I forget, 73% nitrate, a huge dose, or is it like, you know, betaine nitrate which is 30 percent or 32 percent or whatever it is right. and also when you're looking at these these amino nitrate bonded compounds they almost never almost never tell you what the split is so if you're looking at i'm pretty sure you have to sign a cda for that i'm probably like i'm yeah and that's what i'm saying is is yeah. i i like to know that information as a consumer and if yes. we know that if we know that you know the general recommendation let's say is 500 milligrams of nitrate as an arbitrary example how do you know how much of that you're getting yeah. And then if you're pairing it with a parent compound, you can't say, well, you know, betaine nitrate, it's got betaine and nitrate. Well, is it enough of either one of those to do anything? It, it might be, but it might not be, you know, one and a half grams of that might have, uh, let's say a, a gram of betaine, but if you need two and a half grams based on the research, right. to be the efficacious dose, you can't take enough of it because then if you do, then you're going to take in a gram and a half of nitrates and you're going to pass out. Yeah, so it adds a, to the pump aspect, but then it then it I think kind of falsely represents the betaine aspect of that product. Yes. The creatine one's like cool. You get half a gram of creatine. I get it. It's a transporter for the nitrate, but in that respect, if you want it just for the nitrate, uh, use sodium nitrate. 
Yeah. The highest yield for the least amount of space in the product. And then you can put something like a full dose of betaine or creatine or whatever you want in there. That's just kind of how I think about things. It's a huge uh, highlight of where we need more education, at least. Uh, we covered the release of citrulline nitrate, uh, citrulline nitrate uh, last summer. And uh, we had a ton of people being like, it's one gram of citrulline that's, that's way underdosed. It's like, you don't really understand this is kind of the transporter of it. You can't just take yeah. straight nitrate. Yeah. So I, I think that it's a little bit misunderstood, uh, but I mean, you can't downplay the effectiveness of it, but someone like yours, yourself who will have 10 to 20 ingredients in a product, like if you license the nitrate, you might lose a couple of those other licenses. I might lose yeah. five of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and, and that, that was something honestly that we faced yeah, in those decision-making, uh, in that decision-making process. And when you look at the totality of a product and what, again, look at the five goals or the six goals of each respective product, are you robbing Peter to pay Paul, but are you robbing like Peter and John and Will and yeah. uh, these guys to pay John? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. People ask me like, uh, is nitrosamine or nitrate stronger? And if it's one-to-one, I usually can give a pretty educated answer, but when you're talking about like changing an entire formula, it, it really could mess oh, up well, a lot. I, and here's the thing, if you're looking at just, just nitric oxide synthesis for the purpose of vasodilation at a small dose of a raw material, any of the amino nitrate or sodium nitrate bonded type compounds are probably going to be best in a head-to-head -head one gram versus one gram decision. Yeah. But that's not how formulas are made. <laughs> um, I don't think that's how they should be made anyways. That's not how they that's certainly how are made that way, but that's, that's, not how how I like, that's not how I like to make things. And again, when you're looking at it from a provision of nitrate, what else is it bonded to? And then can that be adequately dosed? You know, you'll see companies that put three different kinds of nitrates in one product and it's like, cool. So you have 200 milligrams of nitrate from three ingredients. That's good. But now you have half a gram of betaine, half a gram of arginine, half a gram of creatine. Why the fuck did they use three different versions of nitrate? Because it's cool on a label, because it's three ingredients instead of one. That's why. Right. Really right. reason. So um, we've talked a lot about pump, and I I think your 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 pump products are probably one of your more popular ones you have. But there's some other stuff in there that's a little bit until recently I think has been a little bit niche. Your Nutrigen, I believe your Greens product, I think yes. is really. You've had that out for some time now, correct? Yep. I think. Uh, I think it's been in two years, probably almost exactly two years. And I would say in the last six months, greens have really blown up. Like, I, I think it was blowing up. I have to give Chris Waldrum some credit here. Inspired's greens, I think, really inspired a lot of people. They're dope. Unintended. Unintended. Uh, I actually have a bottle of his uh, greens upstairs. I think I think it's a dope product. I, and yeah. when you look at the, the functionality of it and the purpose of it and the type of people that that fulfills a need to, it's a yeah. perfect type of product. Um, and I talked earlier about Doug, you know, and Core. Yep. Core greens is a bomb looking label. Um, I don't think they're the same sort of product as what we come up with. I don't think the application is the same. I don't even think the target audience is necessarily the same. Yeah. And so for people to make head-to-head -head comparisons, I think it's a little unfair to both companies because they both serve respective purposes. Um, but I, you know, Greens, especially like you said, two years ago, three years ago, I used to get a ton of questions about Greens. And at the time you saw a lot of companies that were making like a five gram scoop and that was the Greens, right? Yeah. Little, little tubs. People go, do you think it's worth it? And I go, okay you're getting a scoop that's five grams. And let's just say there's four grams of greens in here and a gram of flavoring. Let's say an average green vegetable product, if you could dehydrate it down 90% of its weight down to, down to a 10th of its weight in grams, that means that four gram dose of greens is only 40 grams of like fresh vegetable matter. 
and this is not an exact conversion, but this is kind of how I think right. about it. 40 yeah. grams of vegetable matter is an ounce and a half, and you're paying a dollar, right? Or a dollar 30 or a dollar 50. You can buy a fucking pound of vegetables for a buck at the grocery store. And so when people are like, should I take this greens? I'm like, well, do you want to spend $16 a pound for vegetables or a dollar a pound for vegetables? Like that's how I always kind of looked at it. Yeah. And then you're looking at the microdosing of each respective one, um, the respective micronutrient composition of each one where greens do provide micronutrition, but at what level, um, at what standardization, at tiny, tiny little dosages and a hundred different fruits and vegetables and all these, you know, novel fruits and vegetables from the, you know, the rainforest and shit. Uh, it, it looks cool on labels, but I'm going, okay, from a practical application, what, you know, what could that potentially mean? And so the way that we put it together, I said, okay, if I'm ever going to do a greens, it's not going to be a greens because I don't believe in just greens by themselves. So I looked at it as, well, what are, what are people doing in the morning with their greens? Okay. So they're taking their greens they're taking a multivitamin, they're taking some omegas, they might have a squeeze of lemon in their water, which I think is a whole ridiculous other sort of <laughs> reason. Um, you know, a shot of vinegar, uh, you know, a cup of green tea, uh, some probiotics, some digestive enzymes, you know, what are people doing in the mornings? And I go, again, can anybody ever make something that's in one scoop that has everything you need? And I go, well, there's no harm in looking into it. And we looked into it uh, and we were able to, after a long time, kind of put something together. We went through I don't know, 10 different flavor tests. Most of it was completely horrifically bad. And we landed <laughs> on the one that we have right now. And in the last two years, we've continually looked to release a second flavor or maybe, you know, second and a third flavor. And the first one sells so much and so fast that we couldn't even begin to think about releasing another flavor yet because we can't even keep it in stock. Um, both because it sells so fast and because there's so many ingredients that if there's an issue with supply chain of one raw material, that adds another four weeks to your lead time. And you, you know, what am I, I'm, I'm not gonna change the whole formula and throw my labels away because we're missing one thing, right? Um, yeah. Another wait a month. So nutrogen has exploded. Uh, the anecdotal feedback from people is great. Uh, it has a huge, huge amount of greens in it, but I, that's not to me anyways, necessarily the standout part of the formula. It's kind of the totality of it. It's what it all represents. Um, and when I thought about that, I, you know, I design products a lot, not just for myself, but I try to think about people in my circle. I think about my dad, I think about my sister and what could they be doing to maximize things, but they're not going to go buy five products and mix and match a hundred pills. They're not going to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I go, you know, I have a vegan sister, how can I get her to make sure that she's covering her bases on all this extra stuff and maximize her health and provide some vegan DHA and do all these sorts of things? Well, let's do it in one thing. Uh, when we made Morpha Prime, there's a ton of companies now doing these really comprehensive organ health products and they're all for the most part, really good. We did prime three or four years ago. Uh, there wasn't almost anything like that. There's a few companies doing like the small powder, you know, the, the micro dose of the, um, you know, like the five gram scoop and the, you know, that sort of thing. And I go, okay, so my dad, I wanted to take these 10 ingredients. He's not going to do it. Can I put them all together in one thing for heart health and liver health and, blood sugar regulation and inflammation and all, and all these things. And that's kind of how we came up with that. So nutrogen yeah. is just a reflection of, of what I think people could be doing all at once. And also the utility aspect of giving it to my family. Yeah. I, I love that thought process. Um, when I review stuff, I think of my parents most often like pre-workouts. Uh, I have to consider like the normal person out there. You know, I've taken a gram and a half of caffeine tested that kind of stuff out for myself. Like Ooh. I've done it. I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, like I, I have to think of like 
my dad is a, an avid gym goer. Like, would this would I be happy if he walked in and accidentally bought this product off the shelf? Because it, you know, it can happen. So, uh, on the topic of greens, uh, Heather has done a lot, actually, quite a few blog posts recently on, on greens, and it's kind of fun because my take on it is that there's now different types of greens. Like, each person has their own version. Inspired is much different than yours. Um, even Ghost has a pretty respectable formula. It's actually very respectable. And uh, Glaxon has one with like mushrooms in it. And each, every person's kind of going for their own category. So it's nice to see differentiation. Yeah. And, and again, I've never said that it's something that every single person should take. If somebody has the purpose of taking this product for the ingredients that are in it, then that's what they should do. That's one thing Justin always talks about. People go, what do you think about Nutrigen versus this? And he's like, well, what do you need? Like yeah. what ingredients do you need for what purpose? Do you need a multivitamin? Do you need digestive enzymes? Do you need mushrooms? Do you need something like, what do you need? And then you can start to answer these questions. Right. Uh, I'm just very thankful and uh, you know, that people have found a need within that product that has suited them. Um, but that's not to take away from some of these other, you know, really bomb products that are, that are out there. I just don't think it's a, an equal or a fair comparison. And yeah. Like a ton of people ask us all the time, like, what's the best? Like, or compare like ghost greens versus Glaxon's greens or something like that. And the same thing you just said, like, you need to look at the formulas, you know, maybe read some information, find out what best suits your purpose. Like, we're not going to just recommend a greens to everybody under the sun because you may not need it. And it's just a waste of money then. And it's just like you're saying, like, people just need to, same with Justin says this all the time, just like educate yourself, find out like what fits your needs best. And it's not, it may be something completely different than what your friend's taking or something like that. And it's just, that's what kind of bugs me is everyone always asks us what's the best and it's like you got to find that up for yourself number one and it may change based on your goals and where you're at in life and all that stuff like it just i don't know it just that's my biggest pet peeve when people just it's like we'll give you the information we'll point you to the right resources but you got to kind of figure it out for yourself sometimes and yeah yeah you mentioned you know, i've made sister. jokes about the whole best thing with people before where it's um it's like oh you know mine's mine's the best mine's the best for the people that i serve within that specific needs category you know and if if people don't find that that's the best for them then that's then they're not my target customer for that specific product cool well, i've always kind of joked that like there is no competition if you if you think about it that so people go you know who are your biggest competitors it's nobody because the way that i'm doing things serves a specific person with each respective product with the, with the way that the brand as a whole uh, carries itself and it's not necessarily the same customer as the other person. I, if you have to fight for a customer, um, I think everybody kind of loses in that regard because the customer is going to jump back and forth from a hundred companies and not be loyal and not figure out, like, like you said, like what their specific need of something is. And you're pandering to this person that's not going to ultimately serve your brand as a whole and nor you can help them properly if they're jumping around where you should be allocating the, you know, your energy and those resources into the people that align with the way that you're doing things. And if you do that, and as long as you're not copying another brand and trying to serve the exact same type of person, mm -hmm. um, then I think there's enough people out there, you know, you just got to find them. Yeah. So we're rounding out on 45 minutes. You talked a lot about kind of like the past and the stuff that you've had going on. You know, like maybe I, want, I don't want to go too much over an hour here. Over the next 15 minutes, can we talk a little bit about like where you're at right now, what's coming out, like what are you working yeah. on? Oh God, what the hell am I working on? Um, <laughs> so so I, I have absolutely no ability to do anything in my life with moderation. Um, 
it's a it's a hundred or nothing. You know, it's full ass or no ass. There's no half ass of anything. And a, a big part of that for me is is kind of an internal challenge of what can I do. Um, I have a very intense science background, uh, but I was also you know involved in management and teaching. I used to teach at a university in their exercise physiology department. Um, I was involved in a lot of research in sports nutrition and supplementation um, and the educational component of things. And uh, I've, I've always kind of, and I've had an artistic background my whole life growing up. And so this is very much an outlet for me to, to express myself and to create, uh, you know, this, this mixture of science and art and, and, and application. Because having the information is worthless if it, doesn't, uh, if it doesn't manifest itself as something that can be applied to somebody. So do I think that I will ever slow down? No. So in that regard, what do we have going? Um, we have a bunch of flavors of stuff where we have, uh, I mean, we're working on, I mean, if you're looking at alphagen, volugen, synthogen, protogen, vegogen, macrogen, between those in the next six months, we're going to probably release uh, 25 flavors, maybe, maybe even more than that. Um, there's a number of new products. So we've released a, a bunch of new stuff already this year. You know, we had Thermogen drop right at the beginning of the year. We've had Adaptogen drop. We've had Nephrogen drop. We've had Morpho Pump drop. Uh, we've released our Creatine and Beta-Alanine as the first offerings in our commodity line. We're working on a collagen blend as part of that commodity line. We released our Tudka product, which we consider as part of that commodity line. Um, I have a few other things. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at again, you know, you look at kind of like what could be filled, you know, what are your yeah. goals? And it's not just within each product, it's over the course of a day, it's, it's on your own journey. And so I look at, um, there's a lot of feedback involved with, with our products and, and customers. And they say, you know, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Or, hey, what if I combine these two products? Or, hey, you know, I love these, but I can't do it with this ingredient. Or, I can't do it with these. And so I've started, now that we have the capabilities of investing more into other things and, and both research and development, as well as production um, and, and you know, distribution, it's, it's become cool for me to kind of look at potentially new or, or slightly different takes on already existing product categories. So like Morpho Pump just dropped and that's a pump mm. product, but everybody keeps saying, you know, is that better than Volugen? I go, they're not the same product. Yeah. Well, they're both pump products. Well, they are, but now you're, you're putting Volugen in a pump box that it, it fulfills so many more needs than that. And you're putting Morpho Pump in a box that what what are the benefits besides just pre-workout, you know, pump besides looking better and some blood flow? What else, you know, what's the application to this over the course of the day? And so I have, um, I go, I'm hesitant to get too in depth with some of the things I'm looking at. Um, sure. I'm looking into a uh, non-dairy, non-vegan protein mix um, for people that are okay. uh, dairy sensitive, but people that don't want a vegan protein. Yeah. Uh, Your I buddy John did a good job at that. Yeah. So I, and, and I don't want to do the same thing as everybody else. So like, in, so for example, so in macrogen, our meal replacement, we have a combination of uh, whey casein, which, you know, all the meal replacement products have, but then we have whole egg powder and beef liver powder as two different protein sources that have slightly different amino acid profiles and also some novel, uh, you know, micronutrients and other nutrient, you know, mixes within, within those. So I'm kind of looking at that aspect from a, from a standalone powder aspect and not as a meal replacement specifically. Um, I'm really intrigued by longevity, um, health, longevity, cognitive health, as you could probably tell, like, you know, Morpha Brain's been big, uh, Adaptogen was big, Nephrogen just dropped. I mean, a lot of things, because I have this interest in them where from a performance standpoint, Alphagen, Volugen, Synthogen, awesome, awesome. 
awesome, right? But then what else, what else can we do that can benefit people? Uh, again, you know, those three things that everybody can benefit from. And so I'm looking into things like skin and eye health and um, different ways to combat anxiety and stress that's not necessarily cortisol management or uh, excess estrogen management or things like that, like we have with Morphocalm. Um, I'm looking at different things uh, with non-stimulant fat loss that aren't incorporated into Morphoburn. So different pathways, different types of ingredients. It could even be something like a, like a really awesome ingredient that has a lot of cool research to it, but there's no possible way to incorporate that into an existing product uh, from a logistical standpoint, you know, number of capsules, size of bottle, but also a price standpoint. But can that be applied to a different type of product where somebody could use one or the other, or maybe even stack them together within the course of a day? Sure. And now that we have the ability to explore these things, uh, I'm having a lot of fun seeing what I can come up with. And because we're not pressured by the margin and because we are making a little bit of money now, I can start to push a little bit more and like, oh, yeah, I'll add another buck. I'll add another, I'll add another, add another two bucks in there, you know, and just see, kind of see where my comfort level goes with that. So that's kind there of what be, I think works right now. There has to be a certain amount of like liberation feeling, uh, realizing like you don't have to worry too much about the margin. Like, because huge. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's be pressured by that. It's always been your philosophy, I, I understand, but like at this point, you have a, like a community that you know is going to, in some point, like adopt your product. They're going to like it in some amount. Yeah. So you know, like you can put out, I'm not saying you can put out anything and people would love it, but you don't have to worry as much. I mean, I, I talk with a lot of formulators in the industry. It's like, I'll bring them ingredients from like NNB or new, new ingredients coming out. And they're like, that's great. It's great. But like, I can't afford to formulate with that. So yeah. to hear someone say like, you know, I really don't care. Like we're going to price it out no matter what. I mean, and you know, everybody has their ceiling, right? Uh, my wife is, yeah. and she's the anchor. She's the CFO. She's not going to let me do something stupid. Completely yeah. stupid. Um, <laughs> but there's always a little bit of wiggle room there. And, you know, over the years, you know, many years ago before we were what we are today, I, you know, I, I knew a lot of brand owners and store owners. And every time I, I was doing these things on a smaller scale, they're going, well, that you, I don't know if you should do that. No, that's not the way that you should do it. That's not the way that it's done. 